Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, man. How about this one? Down the right field line by Michael Massey. And that ball is gone. Home run for nothing Royals. Michael Massey, off a lefty, hits his second career home run. Former Illini Michael Massey got his call up to the big leagues this year and has completed a... About a half a season with the Kansas City Royals and now is into the offseason and is good enough to join us here on our airwaves where we once called his games. Michael, thanks so much for joining us, my friend, and uh, congratulations. Thank you, guys. I uh, appreciate you having me on. It's always uh, always a pleasure when you when you give me that text to come on. I, I always jump at it, so uh, excited to be back. Uh, there, there were so many people around here that were excited for your call-up to the Royals the first go-around, which was in some very unusual circumstances with the unvaccinated players and whatnot. You go up to Toronto, you're three for eight, uh, but then you know that, uh, presumably, you know that, okay, this was a temporary situation. Was there any communication? Did you have an idea that, hey, I was, uh, I'm going to be back up uh, soon again? Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't have any, um, you know, communication from the team that 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 was the plan. Um, but you know, I certainly, I certainly did have a feeling. You know, just kind of with the way the the season was going for us, and um, you know, at, at the trade deadline coming up was about ten days after um, you know the All Star break when when we got back from Toronto. So, um, you know, I, I felt like there was a chance. You know, to, to say I was, you know, I thought it was going to happen as quick as it did. Um, you know, on the actual trade deadline day, I probably would have been lying to you, but, um, you know, I felt confident. I felt like I, I showed enough in that Toronto weekend and throughout, you know, the, the minor leagues and, uh, you know, the entirety of, of last year. So, um, felt like I was close, but, uh, you know, it, it happened a lot sooner than I thought. Well, there's, there's so many hopes and dreams going on. And do you feel like there's a schedule and I don't know if that's unique to the Royals or anything. Do you feel like, okay, I'm on a schedule and this is the year or is it, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm blossoming here. And now I think it's the year. I mean, does that come about with time or is it an expectation? I I think the, uh, you know, the Royals always talk to us about, you know, the the 1500 at bat mark in, in the minor leagues is, is really a number um, you know, where they, they really feel like, okay, you're ready. You know, you're, you're ready to, to kind of go up to the big leagues and, and face big league pitching. And, um, you know, obviously I, I feel a little bit short of that. But um, at the same time, you know, I, I, I've had enough at bats under my belt. I think I was just shy of a 1,000, um, you know, in, in the minor leagues for my career. And, um, you know, once I got up to the big leagues, what I really learned is that there's, there's no place to learn um, the game of baseball than, than at the big league level. Um, you know, the minor leagues are great. And, and they teach you a lot about the game and you get a lot of experience and, and a lot of at bats, but um, you know, the speed of the game, the environments, the, the intensity is just a tick different um, in the big league. So, 
uh, you, you know, going up there and, and getting that experience was uh, was really valuable. Talking with Michael Massey, former Illini second baseman, now a big leaguer with the Kansas City Royals. Hey, Michael, this is Evan. It's funny you bring up that 1,500 plate appearances because I, I wanted to ask you just as you've moved through the minors and now that you've made it to the pros, do, do you ever reflect on your college experience and and maybe what you gained out of playing college baseball and getting your three years here at or yeah, three years here at the U of I um, versus, I don't know if you had opportunities right out of high school, but some of those guys who, who make the jump right away, whereas you got uh, a little bit of a, a different adjustment in college baseball. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I think play the, the college level is a, is a very high level um, of baseball, especially in the Big Ten and, and at the Division One level. And, um, you know, when I, I felt like when I was drafted and jumped into pro ball, it was just Throughout my career in, in, in the minors, it's just small adjustments. You know, I never really felt like I had to make the, a massive adjustment just because I was challenged so much um, at the college level, and I had such good coaching there between Coach Hartlib and, and Coach Chris and, and Coach Courtright. And, um, you know, just being around those guys every day, being around my teammates, um, and just being in that competitive environment is very similar uh, to what I faced in the minor leagues. And so, um, you know, obviously it, it, the level of play – kept jumping each level you go and um but I, I feel like the the fundamentals and the skills that I learned at Illinois were what made those jumps so so much easier um to make at each level and you kind of you catch on quicker um just when you have those fundamentals from a from a college program like Illinois so uh, you know they played a, a huge role in in allowing me to have success um you know throughout my my professional career so far yeah, and what was that biggest adjustment that you maybe had to make when you you made it up to the major leagues? We we always hear when it's you know college to pros, it's the game's a lot faster. Well, well, guys are throwing ninety to a hundred for for quite a while. So so what was maybe something that was different once you got up there versus uh, down in the minors? I think the biggest thing was just uh, a pitcher's ability to execute his sequence. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, in the minor leagues, they know your weakness. Um, you know, it's not a, it's not hidden. Um, you know, they have the data down there as well to, to see, you know, what pitches you don't hit well, where you don't hit it well. Um, but in the big leagues, it's just a different animal as far as they know that, and then they can go in there and execute it. And they're going to keep executing it until you find a way to figure it out. And, um, you know, I was talking actually with one of my teammates, um, and, uh, and we were talking about that one of the differences is in the big leagues, you, it's not so much the – that every at bat is so much different, but there's a lot of times in the big leagues in the second half of the year where I looked up and I was over my last 10 and I felt like not, it flew by, you know, we're in the minor leagues. I think I maybe had a handful of those in my career. Um, but it's just, it things add up a lot quicker in the big leagues because they don't give in and there's no nights off. You know, you show up to the park, you're, you're getting, uh, you know, somebody's best stuff and you're going to get a really good pitcher that night. Um, and even if you, even if you do score up a ball, there's, there's, you know, seven guys out in that field that can track it down like like nobody else. So, um, just those margins become a little bit smaller. Well, I was curious how you navigate that because I would think that once you're there, there's a part of you that feels like I belong there. But as soon as that 0 for 10 stretch hits, do you do you feel like you're looking over your shoulder a little bit or wondering, you know, is or do you have that confidence? And no, I belong here, and I can I can play this out. Yeah, that's a great question. I think at first, you know, it's it's a bit, uh, especially like the second or third time that it happened, um, 
you know, I think you're, you're a bit shaken at first. And then, you know, toward the end of the year, it really just became motivating for me. Um, you know, to just get in there and kind of like, okay, like I know I belong here. Like I played well in the minor leagues. There's nothing for me to go back there and prove to anybody, you know, now it's about figuring out this level. And I just kind of took on that challenge. And, and that's kind of the way I'm looking at my off season is just looking at, looking at areas of my game that, you know, maybe got exposed at the big league level or, or things that I need to work on. And, um, just in really enjoying and falling in love, you know, falling in love again with that process of really getting better and trying to tighten up those weaknesses and, um, you know, getting better at studying pitchers and, and kind of playing the game back with them. And so, uh, yeah, toward, toward the end of the year, it, it really started to change mentally for me. So as we're talking with Michael Massey, you get the call up to go play with the Royals in Toronto for this, this COVID deal, then sent back down and then called back up at the trade deadline and you make your, U.S. debut of all places in the White Sox home stadium, the team you grew up going to see and the team you grew up rooting for. How surreal was that moment? Plus, you had like 50 people, I heard, uh, in a contingent there cheering you on. This is uh, this is kind of a crazy story, and I think it, it actually might have helped me on that day. But uh, I got called up the night before. So we were in, I was in Omaha, and... Uh, I got scratched from the lineup. I got a call saying, Hey, get to Chicago. They had, you know, they booked me a flight. So I drive about 20 minutes from the ballpark in Omaha to the Omaha airport. And, uh, I get out, you know, I'm checking my bags in and I see that the, the flight that I'm supposed to be on has a layover in Denver. <laughs> As I'm supposed to go from Omaha, which should be a you know hour flight from Omaha to Chicago was from Omaha to Denver. And then from Denver to Chicago. So I ended up calling our travel guy and I'm like, Hey, like there's a stop in Denver. Like it's, I'm going to get in at two in the morning. Like, and he's like, yeah, you can't, you can't get on that flight because if you miss your connection in Denver, you're not going to be here tomorrow. We need you to play. So I ended up driving from Omaha to Chicago and I got into the hotel in Chicago at about three in the morning. Um, I slept for probably four or five hours got up and went to go play the one o'clock uh, you know, day game and really didn't know what was going on to be completely honest with you, because I was just so exhausted that I think it kind of helped me settle down because there were, I did have a lot of family and I had a lot of friends there, but um, you know, it was one of those things. It's almost like sometimes when you have an injury, you, you stop, you know, worrying about all the outside stuff because you're so consumed with your injury that you actually sometimes play better. Uh, so that, that was uh, kind of a crazy story that I think actually helped me settle in in Chicago. And then the next time we came back, like a month later, that was um, that was really where it hit me that I was playing in front of all the people that uh, you know that sacrificed a lot for me to get here, and and really are, are big parts you know as to why I was able to wear the uniform out there. Michael Massey with us on Sports Talk. So maybe that wouldn't be the the best part of making it up to the bigs, but uh, my personal favorite baseball movie is Bull Durham. I, I can't imagine it's exactly how Kevin Costner describes it, but what, what's the best part of being a major leaguer? Um, I think just every single night, uh, you know, when you put on that uniform and, and you go out there and, and I always would try to, you know, look into the stands and you see a bunch of uh, dads with their kids and um, just every night being reminded of, of how special it is to, to be able to step on a, on a major league baseball field and uh, to constantly be reminded, you know, how blessed I've been in my life, how lucky I've been to have really, really good coaches, really, really good teammates. Um, and a bunch of people, you know, having my back and supporting me. Um, and it's on full display. Like I said, when you run out there every night, you could just, you feel it. Um, it and it's, it's really special. So I think that 
for me, that's you know that's the part that hits home the most. That's that's probably the coolest thing um, about it. That's an outstanding answer. We also would have accepted the spread or the chartered aircraft, but <laughs> I, I, I think yours is good. First step is not. Yeah, that's not a. That's a close second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's not too bad. Uh, uh, something I, I wondered about it is we've talked about um, the these new rules coming into Major League Baseball. You've kind of got to see some of them. I don't know exactly what levels we're trying, what rules, but what, what have you gathered from the pitch clock and, and maybe the shifting, and how is that uh, affecting your approach headed into next season? To be completely honest with you, I love all of them. Um, you know, I love the, the pitch clock I think is really nice because it allows you to sometimes pitchers, especially relief pitchers come in and they kind of have these funky windups and they like to, you know, tap their toe 15 times before they come set. Um, and you know what? And even as a fielder, just like fans don't want to come and watch a four hour game. I can promise you players don't want to play a four hour game. We got 162 of them. So, um, we're going to get plenty of baseball in whether we play a three hour game or a four hour game. Uh, and so I think that what I noticed in double-A with the pitch clock was just the pace of play was significantly better, uh, which I think just keeps players more engaged, keeps fans more engaged. And then as far as the shift goes, I, I really like that they're, you know, going back and both in for you got two infielders on each side of the base and feet in the dirt. I, I think, you know, the, the way pitching is, you know, I, I think it's interesting how people always talk about, ah, you know, the strikeouts are way up and these guys are all trying to hit homers and, the reality is the pitching has just gotten so much better. You know, these guys are nasty as far as being able to pitch shape, being able to spin the ball. Um, and so it's really boring to me as a fan when you have a guy who's as good as Justin Verlander or Clayton Kershaw on the mound. And now, even if a hitter does hit it solemnly, they have so much data that it goes most of the time right to somebody. And so from a fan's perspective, you're taking out, you know, first to third plays, doubles down the line, guys scoring from first. And so I think when you put infielders back in, in the dirt, um, I think it's going to open up some holes, and it's going to allow for more of those plays that fans like to see. You know, Vlad Jr. trying to throw somebody out at third base or Mike Trout trying to throw somebody out at home. Like, sometimes the game, I think, gets too scripted um, in the shift. And so I, I think the fans are really going to enjoy it, and I know as a left-handed hitter, I'm really going to enjoy it. <laughs> trying to use that 3-4 hole like I did uh, back in my college days quite a bit. I was going to say, you 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 usually are using the shift uh, against lefty pull hitters as a second baseman, but now you don't have to try to hit into one anymore as a, well, I don't want to box you into a pull hitter, but I would suspect... You can say it, Scott. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm just trying to be delicate about the whole matter. But no. <laughs> Um, you, there's also a lot uh, going on, um, you know, with shifts in, in managers and, and whatnot. So uh, the Kansas City Royals have a new manager, and uh, reportedly your bench coach is going to the White Sox to be a manager. I just wonder on November 1st, what does, how does that impact you as a baseball player, uh, knowing that y- your coaching staff is going to be different next year? Yeah, I think just, you know, excited, excited to, to get to meet the new staff. And, um, you know, obviously the staff that we had, you know, I, I really enjoyed, you know, those guys playing for Coach Matheny and, and Pedro, who just got hired, um, you know, by the White Sox, which is going to be a great fit for uh, for the White Sox. And I think those fans are going to be happy about that. Um, you know, just just uh, excited to, to kind of, 
hear what they're about and, and, uh, you know, see, see who we bring in. I know there's still a couple spots open and, um, just, just another opportunity to learn from, from really high level baseball guys is, uh, is, is something that uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, obviously the, you know, coming from the Rays, they have a, a very good organization down there and they've been really successful as far as getting in the playoffs and, and making postseason runs. And, um, you know, so obviously they're doing something right down there. So to be able to, uh, you know, firsthand be able to talk to somebody who's been a part of that and, um, you know, has a pretty impressive baseball resume himself is, uh, it's, uh, it'll be cool. What are your plans here in the off season? You going to get some ABs somewhere? You just working out, hanging out in Arizona? What you got going on here for the next few months? Yeah, I'm just hanging out back in uh, back in Chicago. Um, you know, working out at uh, my high school and and kind of kind of going old school again, and just kind of getting back to the things that that I felt like really helped me get there, and and doing you know a weightlifting program and, and mobility and yoga classes and. Mm. Uh, taking a boxing class once a week just to try to change some things up, um, you know, and kind of, kind of get away from, from being stagnant. And, um, yeah, the one thing I've learned is, is I've continued to play is, you know, the, all the stuff in the weight room is great, but, you know, being able to have that coordination, that's the game, you know, being able to make plays on the run, being able to go first to third and hit the right, you know, right side of the base on your turn and, uh, being able to hit a moving ball with a bat, you know, so any, Anything that that challenges my coordination, like today I, I had a conditioning day and I, I basically just went to my high school gym and uh, I played basketball and I, and I just like I was a kid, just like I was eight years old in, in the driveway and I'm taking an imaginary defender to the basket. Um, but just get, getting back to those athletic moves and those things where you could just roll around as a kid because over the course of 162 games, you know, I, at 24 years old, I kind of am who I am, you know, physically. It's probably not going to change a whole bunch. So everything that I do in the weight room is now is more focused on staying healthy as opposed to I'm trying to lower my sprint time or get bigger and stronger. You know, I'm trying to maintain what I have and, and stay healthy and, um, you know, really use the offense or the off season to, uh, to really work on my hand eye coordination and, and, uh, just developing some other skills. So, um, you know, it's, it's been cool. It's been fun to, to kind of be back in, in my hometown and, and working out at the high school. And, uh, I'm coming down this weekend to, uh, the Michigan State game with my family, so looking forward to being back in Champaign for a little bit as well, and, and seeing the new uh, the Atkins facility that uh, that they put up. That's right. Now you can, uh, if you if you get to see any of the players, you can say, you know, back in my day, son, we didn't have these <laughs> fancy indoor workout facilities. We just toughed it out outdoors. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I can use uh, my dad's favorite line. Not, I won't be proud of it though. I can promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, do you watch the World Series? By the way, do you take it in like uh, any other fan and and uh, watch it on your couch or whatever? Ah, uh, you know, I I, uh, I wish I could say I, I caught bits and pieces of it, but um, you know, it's like if you eat chicken two hundred nights in a row, you you really like chicken, but by the two hundredth night, I think you're just kind of sick of chicken. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I love baseball and, and uh, I love playing. I love watching, but. After uh, playing 145 games this year plus spring training, I'm. Uh, I think I've moved on to football. Well, thankfully Illinois has got something for you to uh, digest and and enjoy. It's been a good meal here this year so far. Um, stop by Grange Grove if you can this Saturday when you're coming through. We'd love to see you and. Uh, Michael, my friend, we knew uh, pretty quick when when you got here you were a really good ball player, but it's it's really cool to see this all happen to an even better person. So. Uh, we've been pulling for you through this whole thing and and hope there's many more seasons to come with you at the big league level. 
No, I appreciate that, Scott. Man. I, I, uh, like I said, I always jump. When you text me, I jump at the opportunity to, to get on and, uh, and reconnect with you guys. So I always, I'll always say it. I love my time in Illinois. I enjoy being down there. Um, you know, university is great, but it was people like, uh, like you, Scott, and just in, in having the conversations that we did throughout my career there on bus rides and, you know, trips and, and, uh, you know, those are things I'll never forget. So, um, always appreciate you guys and, uh, Looking forward to hopefully catching up to this weekend. All right. Be well, my friend. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. That's Michael Massey, Kansas City Royals second baseman. And he's got a good head on his shoulders about the Mm -hmm. whole thing. And it's fun to just hear. You know, I I, I hate to – I just like geeking out on baseball, too. I love hearing players talk about the game. And he's good at doing it. Yeah, yeah. we 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 are the people that that would be interested. So <laughs> I had a good time with it. I, I I did too. So hopefully you did as well. And and I you know it, there's just not too many guys that came through Illinois baseball at the position player level uh, like a Michael Massey. Mm-hmm. But like I said, he's he's just a good good dude. Heads on his shoulder. Great family. Uh, the kind of guy that you like representing your program whether it's big leagues or or the college program. So we appreciate his time. We're back in a moment on Sports Talk. I've got something that John Calipari did oh. that that I want to play for you that I wonder if would be what Brad Underwood might be thinking. I'm not sure, but I'll pro- play this for you when we come back. Okay. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. 